1: All Things Alice. This podcast will explore the cultural phenomenon of Alice in Wonderland as artistic landmark and global symbol of inspiration and imagination. I'm your host, Frank Bedore, the author of the Looking Glass Wars trilogy. Let's explore what is it about Alice. Welcome to the show, everybody. Happy Valentines. Given it's the uh, day of celebration for love and relationships, I thought I would invite my beautiful bride to join me today so we could have a chat about all things Alice and some of the relationships that are significant in the Looking Glass Wars and some of the relationships that are significant in the musical that we're developing. So welcome to the show again.
2: Hi, it's good to be back. Speaking about Valentines and love, you know, love is such a complicated thing and certainly is in The Looking Glass Wars and certainly is in the musical. I think we all want to lean into that because love can be complicated.
1: And which complication is is good melodrama. Let's talk about Alice Little, and the Alice that I created in The Looking Glass Wars, and the relationships that are from real life and from fiction, Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about is in The Looking Glass Wars, Alice Hart meets Prince Leopold, Queen Victoria's fourth son, And he fancies her because she's famous from Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, famous for being Lewis Carroll's muse. At the same time, she meets Reginald Hargraves, which is a a character and a real-life figure. He was a
2: football star, wasn't he? He was a
1: football star who fancies Alice. And so there was a natural, you know, conflict with her, her, for her, between these two men. But in the novel, Leopold is, you know, I wrote him as a bit of a arrogant and not all, not all that desirable, a little too much of aristocrat. And when you and I started talking about the TV show and the musical, you referenced the Notebook as an example, because in The Notebook, the two men that are vying for the lead actress or the lead character are both in different ways very, very desirable and likable. And so there's a real decision and there's a real conflict. In The Looking Glass Wars, once, you know, she's she's sort of deciding, should she marry for status, which is not very romantic. And so... When we started working on the musical and in the in the TV show,
2: we you, were really trying to capture what would make a great love story.
1: And why would she fall in love with Leopold? And what were the what were the qualities? Um, and because he was the youngest son,
2: and also what would be the real conflict for them? um if there were two lovers that wanted to stay together and they what would be the opposition to their relationship
1: and in this story it was queen victoria because he was supposedly marrying you know a commoner and also somebody who was a street urchin and also something that you conceived of she was much more proactive She is much more proactive in the TV show and the musical uh, in terms of helping other orphans, street urchins.
2: I think for the show, um, what we really wanted to hone in on is Alice being a champion of all the people who had no voice and had no power. Because she felt something like that in her own story and deep in her DNA from being kicked out of Wonderland. Um, She feels this injustice and her, her, her call to destiny is to be the person who fights for these people. So I think to have her embody these qualities at a time where women didn't have much of a voice, they couldn't own property, they were property themselves in the Victorian age, and for her to pursue love on her own terms was something that was really out of time for that story. So for her to come in and be the one who chooses um, the man rather than the man choosing her feels really in line with with our modern it feels modern, modern values. Modern. Feels,
1: right? Um and the other thing that was interesting in terms of a solution that you had regarding Alice returning to wonderland and turns out her love of her life is dodge and she has memories in while she's in our world of a person that has strong visuals and dreams about sort of a destined love as well um and so when she
2: was young she had these experiences with Dodge being able to run off and have their own adventures and to have someone who is really a close friend and confidant and someone she felt um, would risk their lives for her, his life for her. So I think that was in her body and in her memory, even as a a dream that she's not supposed to be having.
1: So in the novel, she returns to Wonderland and reunited with Dodge and he's he's angry he's bitter he's struggling with what happened during the coup and i'm
2: and sure he what, didn't even know whether or not she was she alive she was
1: alive or not and she but she on. did hold, he did hold on to the belief that she was alive somewhere um, but it takes a minute for them to rekindle and find their their romantic interest as adults Yes, as adults, and it's something that I think people wish I had written more about, at least some people.
2: Well, in this, what we were talking about is when we first came up with the against the story conflict of Alice having two different love interests, um, one in our world, which is Leopold, and the other one in Wonderland, who is Dodge, Um, what kind of choice could she be making, you know, one to return, and we circled around this idea of, you know, the doppelgangers and that there was a version of ourselves in Wonderland um, that exists in our world and maybe other worlds. But when Alice returns um, back to Wonderland, the reveal is that Dodge and Leopold are the same person, would be played by the same actor, and that they would be doppelgangers of each other.
1: I love that idea. And it also... Gives Leopold a moment in our world to tell Alice it's okay because you, need,
2: you can you need to do what you need to do.
1: It's your destiny, and he, in essence, sets her free, even though there's a version of him that we're going to meet in Wonderland, unbeknownst to his character. In our world, which I f- is very,
2: I, romantic. I find that yeah, I find that deeply romantic. And um, one of the things that we researched when we were working on these projects was that, you know, I think it's easy to construe that Queen Victoria was against the um, their their courtship, because down the road they did break up. But when Leopold married he and he had his first child, he named her Alice.
1: And when Alice eventually, this is in the real life. The real
2: life, right. When now.
1: Alice married Hargraves, their first son was named Leopold.
2: Aww. <laughs> so, Aww that just gave me goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, well, it's
1: Valentine's, so it, it should give you goosebumps. So I think that's uh, that's a really interesting and really will hopefully when we get this, either the musical or the TV show made, uh, will be an effective moment. So those of you who are listening um, are getting a little preview of one of the shows. Also, Leopold was a bit sickly.
2: Yes, um, he had this blood condition. Um,
1: hemophilia.
2: Yeah, hemophilia, which a lot of the royals had.
1: Well, it came from Queen Victoria. And uh, then al- ultimately, his daughter um, also had was
2: had diagnosed with hemophilia.
1: Yeah, his daughter, Princess, which
2: Alice. which lends to his character. You know, the sense of fragility and vulnerability, which I thought was really sweet, in line with Alice being the warrior princess, and that she was, you know, in essence, his protector, and also the reason that he couldn't. Fight the fight and go back to Wonderland with Alice.
1: Because he was worried if he went through the looking glass, he might be cut.
2: Or he wouldn't be able to make it. So, anybody who has a condition of hemophilia means that, you know, once you're cut, you would just bleed to death. And right. You wouldn't be able to um, coagulate, I guess. I guess, again, me, making
1: his choice, um, you know, for love, a bit heroic. So that, that's the central love story, which I think we will continue to find moments. But there's also the love story, the familial love story between Genevieve and Rose, who became Red, uh, the two sisters. And there's also the story between Hatter and his brother Dalton. I mean I think those two those the, the relationship between the two sisters and the relationship between the two brothers carries a lot of emotional uh, power because the love of yeah. and then the betrayal so you have yeah, f- you have both sides right. of this coin
2: Yeah the familial relationships are always hard to to tease out because you have the loyalty to, you know, to family. Um, Then you have, for them, the loyalty to nation um, and to their queens. And then they also have their own private um, feelings about who they choose to love and how that complicates things if that doesn't fall in the right, you know, domain, let's say. So
1: in terms of the development of a, one hopes, very long-running show...
2: There are a lot of story and relational threads that could feed into the complicated conflict that's set up in the in, in our stories.
1: I mean, I bring it up because there's there's just a lot to work with and there's multiple timelines and multiple characters to play with, and we don't have to follow the structure of the novels. You know, we can take prequel stories and sequel stories, and we can feather those threads into the season one.
2: Well, bringing it all back to love, I think the best love stories are the ones that you see people fighting for. The characters, they have to go through this long, arduous journey, emotional journey of really fighting and proving themselves and testing the love. And I think we have all of those pieces in our in our you know story threads for all the characters they have a lot of opposition there's a lot of conflict and before they ever get to r- sit in a place where they you know are reunited or there's peace in the land or in their you know in their hearts
1: yeah and i think we can really stretch out the tension between alice and dodge when alice returns and she's trying to find her footing as the destined queen, the warrior, and the eventual, eventual wife to, to dodge, because for anybody who has read Crossfire in that graphic novel, we see that um, the two of them are married, and it's be careful what you wish for, because ruling is is difficult, and ruling as a couple is also diff- difficult. But, um, their love is strong. and
2: How would you describe the love relationship or the relationship between Hatter and Alice? I think that's really one worth talking about because although it's not a romantic love, it does feel to me, you know, he's her sworn protector and in some ways a very, very much a father figure. And her guardian, and and you know what what does that feel like for you when you thought of those two characters?
1: Well, I, I think the father figure is is you know really is really important because she grew up with him for those first seven years, and they had a playful. Um, she had a more playful relationship with him, teasing him quite a bit, and he, as a milliner, is meant to marry within the milliner race. And of course, he falls in love with somebody outside of that race. And so the idea of having children, let alone being in this this sort of forbidden relationship, he can't envision having a son or a daughter of his own. So
2: I think by the time that you know he is thrown into, catapulted into our world, and he's lost Alice, I think his whole, whole journey and his whole focal point has been about finding Alice in his 13 years. And I thought that was really... Really strong, you know, in your graphic novels, just how much, you know, even though he's come across all of these romantic relationships throughout time and uh, different places on Earth, um, his own his primary focus is f- to find Alice. And yet, in the, when he does find Alice, he's rejected by her. And there's this. I find that so interesting as a as a creative and. As a writer, I think about the turmoil, the internal turmoil that he has to face, finding his charge, finding his, you know, lost child, and she rejects him and doesn't want to go with him and doesn't believe him, and you know, the the road ahead of them to get her back, to you know, and do her duty just as he has um, to absolve him or exonerate him from his guilt. Um, I find that really. That's
1: very touching. Very
2: rich. I
1: um, I often think of Hatter as um, Liam Neeson in Taken, <laughs> except <laughs> yeah. his skill set is not as well honed, and it takes him a very long time. Um, but I don't think Liam Neeson would be very happy if his daughter was like, "I'm fine." I'm good.
2: <laughs> I've got this, Dad. I, I got this, You Dad. can go back now. You can go
1: back. <laughs> so, uh, and I think in one of the other podcasts I did, I, I talked about not having the moment in the novel where Hatter confronts Alice and she she commands him to leave, which would have been a really great scene to write. I just thought that he would Forcibly take her, and forgot that he—that she's really, she's really um, his superior. And I,
2: I don't know. I think thirteen years lost in our world, and then you know, finally finding her, he's not losing her again, no yeah. matter what she commands. <laughs>
1: I, I, I guess. I guess maybe that was. A, thank you for that. Thank you for that.
2: <laughs> there is no way he's leaving her side. Well, again. that's what I thought.
1: But then, then it is a, it is a, it is a complicated and interesting scene, and creates a lot of tension and a. a a lot of turmoil. And-, and
2: also them, you know, the complications of them finding each other again as people. You know, it, she's grown up now. She's no longer a seven-year-old child. And he, you know, there's a relationship that they both have to earn and the trust that they both have to come back to. Because when Alice got catapulted into our world, you know, she was looking for him for a long time and then slowly had to let go of her hope
1: yeah and he's him. and he's only holding on to the to the seven year old Alice, so that's the image that he has, and she's a completely different person finding herself you know in our world for thirteen years so
2: i think I think this underscores for me you know this um back to love and Valentine's about relationships and how we're always evolving and we're always changing um and that you can't you know pinpoint a place in time and said you know you're not the person when i met you 20 years right. ago you were that person and now how come you've changed
1: you know well how have you changed since we met 10 years ago
2: that's hard to describe. <laughs> Where have I stayed the same <laughs> would be a better question.
1: <laughs> I definitely, uh, touche, touche. I
2: definitely feel more expanded and more aware and hopefully more conscious. And definitely in my sense of relating, relational um, self, it's, you know, I feel like the more that you learn about yourself and about how life is, the less you take things personally. You realize that everyone's on their journey, everyone's on their path, and you can't fix it for anyone else. And that is true of Hatter and Alice. She has to do the work, and he has to do the work.
1: Well, I am happy to be on this journey with you, and it's a great opportunity to wish you happy Valentine's.
2: Thank you, my love.
1: to let you know that I love you very much.
2: Your favorite word, Ditto.
1: Happy Valentine's to everybody out there listening. We will be back with, well, I guess I'm going to call it All Things Creative, where Teresa and I are going to talk about some of the other projects we're working on and the creative process that we go through and give everybody a, a sneak peek at some other shows and books and things we're working on, so thanks everybody really appreciate you listening take care
2: take care
0: you haven't even paid me from last time i haven't watched halo either i'm going to summarize halo season two based on the watching now halo podcast from couch soup this is going to be fun so chief could be crazy cortana's had a facelift we're a bit mixed Quan and Soren's story is really boring. Is is it over yet? Reach is f***ed. Reach for the stars. You all are gonna die. Spartans have a new leader called Ackerson. More like Dickerson. Apparently, McKee is alive. She didn't die on screen, so she's probably not dead keys definitely not dying right 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 and the flood is coming Is the water on this planet what do i know you should be listening to the watching now halo podcast everywhere podcasts are available where's my money drew